Amen. Did you all enjoy that? Amen. Take your Bibles. Turn to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. John chapter 15. I want to preach this morning on the pursuit of happiness versus the pursuit of holiness. The pursuit of happiness versus the pursuit of holiness. Uh, John chapter 15, uh, I'm going to read three verses here and uh, I want to point out one word in each one of the verses uh, that is uh, an encouragement to us and an admonition to us. And uh, I want to focus on the third verse that I'll read. I want to look in John chapter 15, verse number 9, verse 9, 10, and 11. Verse 9, the Bible says, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. I want you to, if you have a habit of marking things in your Bible, mark the word continue. Uh, continue in my love. And then in verse number 10, the Bible says, If ye keep my commandments, uh, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. Underline the word abide. Continue and abide. And then in verse number 11, the Bible says, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy uh, might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Mark the word remain. All three of these words here that I had you mark has the ideal of uh, starting something and progressing with it. Uh, continue and abide and remain. And uh, uh, I... Uh, I I have come to the conclusion that uh, just about everybody that I've ever met uh, is pursuing happiness. The Declaration of Independence tells us that we are endowed with certain unalienable rights, and that is uh, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And uh, uh, so I want to address that this morning a little bit. Uh, uh, what do you want most out of life? Uh, what do you want uh, most in your life or in the life for your children? What do you want most? Uh, it's really uh, what we, uh, uh, happiness is the answer that most people give. And I wonder, is that really what you want most for your children? Uh, what if that, uh, uh, what if what brings them happiness is dangerous or wrong? Uh, the final question to gnaw on would be, is happiness really our pursuit? Is that really what we ought to be pursuing? Uh, some people think that being beautiful or handsome uh, will, not, uh, will bring them happiness, but I, I want to tell you, it won't. And I'm speaking from experience there. <laughs> I feel bad you laugh at me about that, but... Uh, you know, I really believe that uh, most of us want to be happy. Uh, I want to be happy. Uh, my, I know my wife wants to be happy. She married me. Uh, we want to be happy, and you want to be happy, and I want my children to be happy. I want my grandchildren to be happy. But I found out from reading the Bible and studying the Bible that the only true way to be happy is to be holy. And when I'm holy, then the Lord allows me to be happy. I get full joy, and I can abide in his joy, and I can remain in his joy when I'm living a holy life. 
So I want to speak to that this morning. The first thing I want to talk about is the pursuit of happiness. The pursuit of happiness. Uh, let's pray together and then we'll jump right in uh, with the message this morning. And uh, you pray for me if you would. I've got uh, a lot of things on my mind that I want to uh, get out to you. And I want the Lord to give me exactly the words to say. Uh, I want to be bold about it, but uh, also, uh, what is that, harmless as doves. I want to be, I don't know, I want to help you. And I really think that the message will help you. Uh, if you'll pray and ask the Lord to let it do that. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the opportunity once again to stand in the pulpit. Uh, Lord, I do not take this lightly. Uh, Lord, I want to be a blessing to folks. And uh, Lord, I want your word to be a blessing. And uh, Father, I pray that folks will listen attentively this morning. And uh, Lord, I pray that folks will make application of the things that we'll, uh, we'll pr preach this morning. I pray, Lord, that you would have your will and way in every heart. Uh, Father, help us, Lord, to realize the difference in pursuing happiness versus pursuing holiness. Uh, Lord, I pray that you'll make us a holy people. And uh, Lord, uh, as a result of that, we will find happiness as a result. I pray, Lord, that you'll just uh, bless the message and give us exactly what we need. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, uh, the pursuit of happiness, uh, uh, the driving force behind our society is the pursuit of happiness. People pursue happiness in several different areas. Uh, uh, first area I think, think about is in relationships. Uh, uh, we pursue happiness in relationships. Milton Berle said, a man doesn't know what true happiness is until he gets married. And then it's too late. I don't agree with that. <laughs> I don't agree with that. True happiness, listen, true happiness is not going to be found in relationships. Uh, uh, in in uh, John chapter 4, we're introduced to a woman in the pursuit of happiness through relationships. And, and uh, if you'll remember the words of Jesus to her, he said, Go and call thy husband and uh, come hither. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou hast is not, uh, uh, now hast is not thy husband. Uh, in that uh, saith thou truly. Rather than making her uh, happy or happier, these relationships left her broken and burdened. And I'm going to tell you that's the, the way it is. This lady had tried uh, relationship after relationship after relationship, and she was only the more burdened and the more broken because of it. Uh, relationships are not going to bring Happiness. The epidemic that we have in our society with divorce and children being raised in broken homes are the fruit uh, behind the blind pursuit of happiness. That's the result of it. So first of all, we don't uh, find happiness in relationships. Uh, the second thing, we don't find uh, happiness in riches. Uh, the scriptures uh, often misquoted that uh, money is the root of all evil, but uh, the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. Or uh, maybe you could say instead of the love of money, you could say the pursuit of money uh, uh, is the root of all evil. Uh, we love it so much it draws us to it. And, uh, uh, and that's, uh, 
I don't know, our pursuit of happiness and many times is spent trying to accumulate as much money or as many things as we can. Uh, I saw a bumper sticker that said, uh, he who dies with the most toys wins. I had a, a man in my church up in Indiana that that was his philosophy of life. He who dies with the most toys wins. And uh, I saw a, another bumper sticker one time that said this, he who dies with the most toys d still dies. Yeah. And by the way, I've never seen a I've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul trailer. Hey Amen. You can't take it with you. Hey Amen. I told my girls I'm spending everything. I ain't leaving nothing. Hey Amen. <laughs> you know, uh, the Bible tells us about Solomon, one of the richest men uh, who ever lived at his uh, the time that he was alive. He was the richest man that ever lived. And uh, yet uh, he looked over his kingdom and uh, the magnificent buildings and his vast wealth, and he spoke these words, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Solomon uh, would add a loud amen to the words of Jesus when Jesus said, life consisteth not in the abundance of things. Some of us, that's our life goal is to acquire things. And I'm going to tell you, you're not going to find happiness in your riches. Luke chapter 18 contains the account of a rich young ruler, uh, a lawyer who came to Jesus. He was educated, but he was empty. He had money to buy any possession he wanted, but his heart was not satisfied. Uh, his emptiness remained in spite of his riches. And Jesus gave him the answer, but the riches owned him instead of him owning his riches. And he left Jesus lost forever. Listen, your riches is not nothing wrong with money. We all need it. We must have it to pay our bills and to buy necessities. There's nothing wrong with investing money wisely. And uh, uh, in fact, I believe that's a Bible principle. It's a biblical principle to in invest money wisely. However, if you invest all your time and energy in the pursuit of riches and possessions and material things, happiness will evade you. The pursuit of happiness will not be found in relationships or in riches. Also, uh, uh, something that we look to for happiness is, uh, that will never bring happiness is recreation. Or I could say pleasures. Uh, we have become an entertainment crazed society. Uh, uh, we all like different forms of entertainment or amusement and, and uh, a recreation. While many of these uh, are perfectly harmless, none of these things in themselves will feel the emptiness and the, the drive in our heart for happiness. If these things that I have mentioned so far, relationships and riches and recreation, uh, the ease, uh, uh, the pursuit of happiness, uh, the, the product of satisfaction, then why is our society and our world so filled with so much discontent? If riches brings happiness, why do rich, uh, 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 famous, rich and famous uh, uh, people commit suicide? If it brings happiness, why do they do that? Uh, why, why is it? Why is it that people that win the lottery, you go back and check on them in a few years later and they're uh, completely dead, broke, and, and they're miserable? Why is that? Because riches do not bring happiness. 
Another thing that we look to, and most of you might not understand this, but, or some of you may not, uh, but we uh, also look to religion for happiness. Uh, many have tried uh, everything else uh, uh, and come to religion for the answer. We tried everything, but now let's try this religion thing and see if, let's try Jesus. Hey, let me tell you something. Trying Jesus is not going to get you to heaven. And it's not going, you're not going to find happiness in trying Jesus. We have people in our world that uh, uh, they decide that nothing else works, so let's try this religion thing. They seek out a religion or a church or uh, they begin to attend and uh, they give some, uh, some of their old ways, give up some of their old ways and their old habits. And, uh, and yet, in spite of all their religious works, they still have a vacuum in their heart. And the reason for that is because they've never found Christ as their Savior. So what is the answer? The answer is not the pursuit of happiness. That's not what uh, the goal ought to be in our life. Uh, that's not the purpose for which God put us here. Uh, we will not obtain happiness by pursuing it. Happiness, listen, happiness is actually achieved in the pursuit of holiness. The pursuit of holiness. So I want to talk about that for a minute. As believers, we should pursue holiness rather than happiness. Many of our problems from emotional and uh, mental point of view is because we are pursuing the wrong things. Uh, uh, it's only through holiness that we can find true happiness. What is holiness? Well, let me give you the meaning of holiness. Someone said that uh, in the beginning and maintaining of life uh, and fellowship with God, that holiness uh, in its beginning and maintaining of the life of, of fellowship with God is what holiness is. The word holy or holiness or sanctify or saint carry the same meaning in Scripture. And uh, the word means to be set apart, to be set apart. The subject of holiness and sanctification is mentioned 1,066 times in your Bible. Holiness means to be set apart by God, for God, from sin, and for holy living. Amen. Set apart by God, for God, from sin, and for holy living. Holiness is therefore a work of God, whereby he sets us apart for himself from sin, that we might live for him. I looked up several verses in the... Old Testament about holiness. Leviticus chapter 11, verse 44 and 45, the Bible says, For I am the Lord your God, ye shall therefore sanctify yourselves, and ye shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall ye defile yourselves with any manner of creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. For I am the Lord that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. Ye shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. Leviticus chapter 19, verse 2, the Bible says, Speak unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. 
Leviticus 20, verse 7, the Bible says, Sanctify yourselves therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 26, the Bible says, And ye shall be holy unto me, for I am the Lord, I am holy, and have uh, served you from, uh, or severed you from other people, that ye should be mine. He severed us from the world so that we could be his. Leviticus 21, verse 8, Thou shalt sanctify them, uh, therefore, for he offered the bread of thy God, and shall be holy unto thee, for I, uh, the Lord which sanctify you, am holy. You say, well, that's all Old Testament. Well, let me give you a couple New Testament verses then. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15 and 16. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. The pursuit of holiness. First of all, the meaning of holiness. Now I want to talk for a minute about the means of holiness. The means of holiness. How do we achieve holiness? How do you become a holy person? I've sat in churches and I've heard preachers preach on uh, do this and do that and you ought to do this and you ought to do that. And you leave wondering, how do you do that? You ought to be holy. Well, you say amen to that. Of course, we all know we ought to be holy. But how do you do that? How do you, how do you achieve that in your life? How do you become what God has told us to be? I believe God gives us instruction about that. How do you become holy? Number one, through the blood of Christ. If you've not trusted Christ as your Savior, you don't have any chance of ever being holy. You couldn't live holy if you tried the rest of your life. You can't be holy if you've not been through the blood. That's the only way to achieve holiness in your life. And no holiness equals no happiness. If you want to truly be happy, then you need to be holy. And we find that, first of all, in the blood of Christ. Hebrews chapter 13 Verse number 12, the Bible says, Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood. Sanctified with his own blood. We're set apart by the blood of Christ. If you're here this morning and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, you can't be holy. You need to trust Christ before it's everlastingly too late. So how do you become holy? First of all, through the blood of Christ. Number two... You can become holy through the Word of God. Through the Word of God. John chapter 17, verse 17, very familiar verse. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy Word is truth. The Word is truth. The Word sets me apart. The Word sanctifies me. When I study the Bible, I realize that I'm not living right, and I set myself apart from the sin that's in my life. And I find that out by listening and reading the Word of God. I'm sanctified through the truth of the Word of God. Some people don't like the truth. They don't like to hear somebody preach the truth to them. And uh, uh, I had a guy in my church up in uh, Kentucky that uh, he didn't like the truth. I actually... And I don't know, I wasn't preaching on it. I just, uh, uh, you know, every once in a while I'll mention some things, you know, go down my list of all the things you should not do and all that. And, and uh, uh, this fella quit coming to my church. So I went to visit him. And I said, hey, what's the matter here? And he said, well, he said, uh, I started going to this, he named this other church. And uh, 
Uh, he said, I can go there and sit in the auditorium and listen to the preaching, and I never feel guilty about anything. <laughs> he said, I come here, you preach, and I feel guilty because I didn't read my Bible, and I didn't pray this week, and, and uh, 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 I still smoke. And, and I, I, I'm thinking, I never preached on smoking. But he felt guilty about that. You know what it is? It's a lack of holiness in his life. So he went somewhere where he wouldn't feel bad. He wouldn't feel bad because they weren't preaching the truth of the word of God to him. You want to go somewhere where they tickle your ears? Well, you probably ought to find you another church because this church is known for preaching and we preach the truth here and there's some folks don't like the truth. The, meaning, the means of holiness. Find holiness through the blood of Christ. Number two, find holiness through the word of God. John chapter 15, verse 3, the Bible says, Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. You want to live a clean life? You need to get under the word of God so that you can find out what is and what isn't what you're supposed to do. I like it when preachers preach on something that nails my hide to the wall. I like that. It's like, please... Give me something, Holy Spirit, that will change my life. I don't want to just be stirred. I want to be changed by the Word of God. Make me more like Jesus. Amen. That ought to be your prayer. Make me more like Jesus. Don't you think he was holy? Sure he was. So through the blood of Christ, number two, through the Word of God. Number three, I may have to duck after I read this one. Through God's discipline. Through God's discipline. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11, the Bible says, Now, no chastening, for this presence seems to be joyous. Remember we talked about abiding in his joy. No chastening for this present seems to be joyous, but grievous, nevertheless, afterward. It yieldeth a peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them, which exercise thereby. You say, Brother Dave, that didn't feel good. Uh, somebody told me the other day, he said, uh, I like you, you tell a joke every once in a while, or say something funny every once in a while. I told him, the Bible says, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. You know what that is? Anesthetic. Yeah. I had my, I had my shoulder operated on a few weeks ago, and before they operated, they put a, a shot right up here in my neck, and it deadened the nerve all the way down my arm. And you know what? That shot there was an anesthetic. And then they put me under. They, they put this thing on my face, and they said, start at 100 and count backwards. I said, 100. I was gone. <laughs> hey, when I sat down, it don't take me long to fall asleep. I'm like most men. <laughs> You know what that was? That was an anesthetic. You know what the Bible, the, the preaching the truth, saying something funny every once in a while, that's an anesthetic. And while you're laughing, I stick a knife in you and I can turn it and you don't even know you've been cut until you get home and the anesthetic starts wearing off. All of a sudden it's like, man, I can't believe Brother Dave said that. Well, I said it. Hey, listen, we need the truth of the word of God to be preached to us. And sometimes you're not going to like it. And we need God to discipline us every once in a while. 
You know, my children got out of line every once in a while. When they did, I had to discipline them. Amen. And by the way, if you punish your kids without teaching them the right thing first, that's child abuse. You teach them how to do it right, and then when they don't do it right, then you discipline them. It's not punishment, it's discipline. Amen. That's what God does. He tells us exactly how to do it, and then if we don't do it his way, he disciplines us. Amen. That was a little sidebar. That was free. Y'all don't have to pay for that. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, Now no chastening for this present time seemed to be joyous. That's true. I never, I never like getting, I, I want to say whooped. Y'all probably don't know what a whooping is. There's a difference in a spanking and a whooping. A spanking is a couple licks. A whooping is one lick shy of death. That's what I got. I got whoopings. My mom had to come in more than once and stop dad. It's like, thank the Lord for moms that have a tender heart. Hey, you know what? Every once in a while, the Lord has to take us to the woodshed and give us a little whoop in there to get us lined up so that we'll separate from the wicked sin that's in our life. And by the way, we all, we all have a tendency to lean towards the sin. Amen. Paul said, the things I want to do, I wind up not doing, and the things I don't want to do, I wind up doing those things. The reason for it is because you still have the old nature in you. When you got saved, you, you got a new nature. You didn't lose the old nature. You still have that one. Amen. And he still rears his ugly head every once in a while. Brother Dave, how do I be holy? Through the blood of Christ, through the word of God, through discipline. Let me give you another one. By, the, by presenting ourselves, by presenting ourselves, uh, Romans chapter 1, and you all know this verse, Romans chapter 1, I mean chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Here's a, a holiness uh, kind of uh, in an acrostic. Y'all like acrostics? I like acrostics. Here's an acrostic for holy. Number one, or H, honoring God. Honoring God. The O stands for obedience to God. The L stands for loving God. And the Y stands for yielded to God. You want to be holy? Then you need to honor God with your obedience and love him and yield to, to God. And you'll find yourself being more holy. I found out a long time ago there's a difference between righteousness and holiness. Righteousness is on the outside. Holiness comes from the inside. I do the right thing all the time and I become more holy. Does that make sense? I, I do right and I do right and I do right and I get in the habit of doing right, which is righteousness. I do the right things and as a result of doing right all the time, I become more and more holy. You want to be more holy? Then do right. Amen. The pre, uh, by presenting ourselves. And then the last one. Good. No amens. That's good because I still have one more point here. How do I become holy? Through the blood. Through the word of God. Through God's discipline. By presenting ourselves to God. And number five, by separating ourselves.
You know, the more you separate from the world, the more holy you can become. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 17, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing. I will receive you. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 says, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit and uh, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Separate ourselves. Now I have uh, mentioned to you the pursuit of happiness and the pursuit of holiness. Now let me give you the product of holiness. The product. What will uh, holiness produce in your life? Well, I believe that the result of holiness is the fruit of the Spirit. The result of holiness is the fruit. How many of you have been saved? Raise your hand. All of you already have the Holy Spirit. But some of you are not filled with the Holy Spirit. And some of you do not display all the fruit of the Spirit. One fruit listed in nine different uh, aspects of that fruit. How many of you have ever eaten one of them little cuties at uh, Christmas time, the little, the little orange thing? They call them cuties. The little tang tan tangerine, is that what it is? Or How many of you ever eat one of them? You peel that thing, that's one fruit, but you peel it and there's nine sections inside of it. I was amazed when I opened one of them up and there's nine, exactly nine sections. So I used it as an illustration in school chapel one time. And I gave all the kids in chapel uh, a, a cutie. And I had one kid come up there and I said, I want you to eat this. Eat that fruit. I, I guess the tangerine. Is that right, tangerine? I said, here, eat that tangerine. And he started peeling. I said, wait a minute. Eat the tangerine. Just stick it in. Well, he did. I, I didn't think he'd do that. I stopped him. Wait a minute. I said, you got to peel it first. I said, it's one fruit, but there's nine sections in it. And each one of those nine sections represent one of the fruit of the Spirit. The, the Bible doesn't say the fruits of the Spirit. It says the fruit. It's one fruit, but there's nine aspects of that fruit. And we ought to display those things in our life. And when we're living a holy life, we will show forth those nine fruit in our life. They are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And listen, 45 times in the Old Testament and 52 times in the New Testament, the word blessed is used. Blessed. You know what the word blessed means? Exceeding happy. More than happy. How many of you are happy this morning? If you were exceeding happy, you'd be laughing. Yeah. How many of you ever looked down in the crib at a baby? And they get a good look at you. And they start wiggling. They do that to me all the time. I, I, think, I think I look like a cartoon character or something. But I get up close to them and they get a good look at me. And they just start wiggling and grinning. That's exceeding happy. They're happy if they're fed. And they don't have a pen sticking them. Oh, y'all don't even know what that is. We used to have diapers that you had to pin. Yeah, for all you young people. The tape wasn't stuck to their leg. <laughs> Listen, a baby's happy if he's been fed. And if they've been changed, they're happy. But when you look at them and they get a good look at your face, they get exceeding happy. 
That's what the word blessed means. Exceeding happy. Overjoyed. I'm excited because I'm so happy. Hey, listen. Joy that's uh, abiding in us. Joy uh, that the Lord gives us. My joy. He wants it to be full in us. Full joy means that you're exceeding happy. You ever met anybody who's kind of giddy about being saved? I could name you a couple. It's like uh, every once in a while you run into somebody that's a little too saved. You know? Y'all know what I'm talking about? It's like you mention something to them, they turn it around into a, like, uh, hey, man, where's your keys? Keys, keys, keys to the kingdom. You know, it's like, (laughs) man, what's the matter with you? (laughs) Hey, listen, I think some of us would do a whole lot better in our witness to the lost world if we're a little happier about the way God has blessed us in our life. I'm blessed. I'm exceeding happy. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man. I'm blessed. The word blessed is used to describe happiness. It's a condition. It's not a thing. It's a result. The result of being holy is being happy. Yeah, you see people that are down in the mully grubs all the time and uh, they want to act. They want you to think they're holy. Hey, listen, if they're truly holy, they're going to have a happy disposition about them. So, let me close with this. And you all probably, I don't know, maybe you've heard of this. How many of you, anyone ever heard of an ermy or an ermine? Anybody ever heard of one? Nobody. Oh, this is going to be good. Look it up when you get home. It's a little weasel-looking animal, like a, a, a mink or something like that. Uh, it lives in a forest in northern Europe and in Asia. They are known for their white fur. And uh, uh, their fur is used to make coats with. The Ermies have an interesting trait about them. Uh, because uh, the Ermie depends on his white coat to blend in during the snow uh, up, up in the north regions of, of Asia. And uh, it protects him against anything. Uh, uh, he protects himself against anything that would make his coat dirty because he wants to blend in. So uh, the fur hunters have learned this and they use it to their advantage. They find where an army lives, uh, usually in a cleft of a rock or in a hollow tree, and, and they smear at the entrance of, the, uh, of that hollow tree or that rock. They, they smear dirt and grime. And uh, uh, then they let their dogs loose, and the dogs will chase uh, the army, and, and the army automatically will run towards its home. And it won't go in the home because it don't want to go through the dirt and the grime because he knows he'll get it all over him. And he wants to stay pure and white. So he stays out in front of his entrance to his house. And the hunters can easily catch him. You know what we ought to do? We ought to refuse to let the dirt and the grime get on us. We ought to stay pure for the Lord. We ought to stay clean for the Lord. We ought to stay holy for the Lord. And I promise you one thing. If you'll become more holy, you will automatically be more happy. You know, uh, every once in a while, somebody walk up to me and they'll be all down in the dumps. 
And I know as soon as I start talking to them that they need some happiness in their life. I don't know. I, I, like, I like people to be happy. I like happy people around me. And I, you, know what, you know what I'm telling you? I like people that are holy around me. I try to find the most holy people that I can in, in a group, and I try to hang around with them. I want to be around holy people because I, like most people in this world, I want to be happy. I want to be happy. How many of you want to be happy? Of course you do. How many of you are satisfied never being happy? You had three hands there. Y'all stay away from that guy. All of us want to be happy. And the root to happiness is holiness. Sometimes I find myself trying to get into the house and I have to go through the mire in order to get to it. I want to be the kind of person like the Ermi that says, I'm not going through that filth. I'm going to stay pure. I'm going to stay holy. I want my life to be a reflection of Christ. And he would not step into the grime. He would not step into the dirt and the filth of this world. And we ought to separate ourselves from that as well. Why? Because God said, I am holy. And because I am holy, ye be holy. We ought to be a holy people. Amen. Let's all stand. Heads bowed, eyes closed. There are some already coming toward the altar. Won't you come? The Lord help me to clean up my life and be holy. I want to present myself holy, acceptable unto you. The Bible says that's your reasonable service. It's only reasonable that you want to be holy. Only reasonable. You raised your hand a minute ago. You said you want to be happy. Won't you do business with the Lord? Say, Lord, help me to be holy. And happiness will be a byproduct of your holiness. Brother Hobart's going to sing a song of invitation. You come as the Lord directs. Take time to be holy. The world rushes home. Spend much time in secret with Jesus alone. By looking to Jesus, like him thou shalt be. Thy friends in thy conduct, his likeness shall see. Take time to be holy, speak oft with the Lord. Abide in Him always And feed on His Word Make friends of God's children Help those who are weak Forgetting in nothing His blessing to see. Hobart's going to sing one more verse. You come, this is Take your Take time to be holy. Be 
become in thy soul each thought and each motive beneath his control thus led by his spirit to fountains of love thou soon shalt be fitted for service above amen come up here jared <clears throat> amen brother jared lambs one of our freshman bible college students uh, came up from the south country of South Carolina. Amen. We're glad that he's here with us this morning. I'm going to ask him if you would to close in prayer this morning. Let's pray to him. Father, Lord, do thank you for the day just giving us, Lord. Thank you for the good time, Lord, we had in the house of the Lord. And, uh, Lord, the good singing, Lord, encouraged our heart. And, Lord, certainly the good preaching that challenged us, Lord, to live our lives uh, uh, holy and acceptable unto you, Lord. And, uh, Lord, we ask that you dismiss us now according to your will. Bring us back to the next point in time, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.